Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, how you doing? Daniel Ruiz-Tyson is available for Monday the 13th of September 2021 with me, Daniel Ruiz-Tyson, episode 347. Hope you're all healthy and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going, an especially late one this week, 1904 hours running very late today. Bit of a setback in terms of trying to scale back my evening work done well the last couple of months but the last week I think pressure's been building and I've found myself caught up in some very long days again the same has happened today I'm missing Monday night football to get this show out I'm not bothered about missing the football itself it's the pre-match chat chat makes it sound like banter it's the pre-match analysis even from Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher that I miss I think that is the best football show that we have in this country that's what I miss although I've been watching Carragher for years and I'm very good with accents but I do struggle understanding him and I think that the Sky Sports producers could have done a bit more over the last few years to make him a bit more a bit easier to understand. I don't think it's just the accent. I don't think, in fact, I don't think it's the Scouse accent. I think he probably has too many teeth. Sometimes you get that when guys have their, or, you know, people in general have their teeth capped. They end up with too many teeth and they're a bit hard to understand. And I think that's coupled with the Scouse accent. I really do struggle to understand him, but that uh, Monday night football analysis is something that I really look forward to, and I'm going to miss it tonight. But hey, that's uh, that just that's the way it goes. You make a commitment to turning out a show every week for people. You've got to get that show out every week. Feeling very flat the last few days, but uh, particularly today. So um, I prioritised a run today over getting the show out earlier. I and and I was actually looking forward to my run this evening and uh I determined I would do a 10k and I've done it. It was a bit of a slow one, but I'm hoping that the the run will banish the blues that have um kind of crept in the last few days. I ran a 13k on Friday, ideal weather, neither warm nor cold, similar to tonight's weather. think it rained a tiny bit too during the middle of the run on Friday, which helped me tonight on the third and final lap. I think I took in a couple of midges via the mouth. Always a problem round the part of my roots around the back of this uh, kid's playground. You always get midges gathering there. And of course, I can spray the arms, I can spray the legs, but uh, you know, you can't spray your face, so the face is vulnerable. And uh, thankfully, the temporary wall erected for whatever it was, Gentry Wankfest 2021. Thankfully, that's now come down, so the claustrophobic feel of a significant chunk of my route 
has now gone away. So tonight's run was a bit easier, but perhaps a little too slow. But hey, you know, I did it. I got out there. I've done it. And uh, I'm hoping that I feel the positive after effects of that. I'm hoping too to just record tonight as live. Just get the show out there. Don't worry about any hard swallows, any unusual breaths. Just get the show out there and I can just try and enjoy the evening. Got a, a, a Star Wars Football League Cup quarterfinal second leg to play as well. Rebels versus Hoth. A delicately balanced tie. Hoth one up from the first leg. Hoth the holders of the League Cup, but Rebels thought by most to be favourites for tonight's game. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to play that the way things are working out, but I'm hoping that I can at least get this uh, show out without any editing or minimal editing. It is a long show, though. I can tell when I'm struggling mentally because I, I find myself overwhelmed with an urge to buy stationery. And from this morning, I wanted to buy some stationery. These um, A5 notebooks that Sainsbury's have been doing for £1.12 down from £1.50, they've now gone back up to £1.50. I thought, how many more of these am I going to buy? I have enough. I missed out. Should have bought an, uh, another one while they were still £1.12. Let's just uh, move on. And uh, my mood plummeted even further. That was a hard swallow. My mood plummeted even further this morning after a cafe regular the guy who asked me to go halves on a mortgage with him back in 2015 after we'd only spoken twice, he jumped onto my four-seater table. That was the first mistake I made. He asked me for a favour this morning. And I don't really like asking people for favours, though I'm aware every week I ask for reviews and Patreon support on here. Technically, those are favours. But those things do diminish me. I'm very open about that. And, uh, you know, especially when every week those call-outs usually go out unacknowledged. Similarly, I don't like being asked for big favours, especially if they're from people that I barely know. There's favours and there's favours, and this guy asked for a favour. He started pretty much at the top of the favour tree. There was no segue. Jumped on my four-seater table today, as I said, in the cafe, and that'll teach me the lesson there is don't take a four-seater table again, just even if it's the central single table that I don't like sitting at now since the toilet table came down and as a result of the pandemic, just sit there, stick my bag on the empty chair. I'm not sure if that will be enough to discourage this guy. That That's my concern. And the particular favour that he's asked me is quite a long-term favour. So it's a bit of a concern. Now, I've got two ways to play it. Just do it or avoid going there in the mornings and avoid him. But I do see him a lot. He, you know, I'm hoping that he's a decent guy. He's a bit of a tragic guy. The pandemic has uh, really broken him up, I think. I can just see it in his dentition. And when he was talking to me today, he was spitting everywhere. And um, I don't know. It really made me feel a bit low today having to, well, having to commit to that favour. More of that later when I round up the show, but that's uh, sealed what has been a bunch of very low days uh, days for me. Even my face mask use right now is erratic. I'm noting that sometimes I'm slipping fingers inside the interiors I mask up. I need to sort that out. I've also, after tonight's run, just going to have to leave those swallows in, after tonight's run... The problem with living in a building where most of the neighbours have second homes, they're not from London, they're not here half the week, so it makes it something of a ghost building. It means that every Monday I usually end up having to put the bins out. I'm struggling with my left arm after the jab 
and uh, now booked in for some physio, still waiting to be booked in for the ultrasound. I was told, anyway, the point being that I came back from the run, the bin still hadn't been put out, so yours truly had to put it out. And it wasn't as bad as it's been in recent weeks because I've been making sure that I put my rubbish in a separate bin because otherwise every Rupert in this building will chuck their rubbish in the same bin. And it's me having to pull those bins out on a Monday evening and it becomes really heavy when they're filling the bins up to the top. So I'm just making sure that I'm sticking my rubbish in another bin to make it a lighter load for me on a Monday evening. Now, I went to the doctors again, and they acknowledged there is an issue with the jab. It's not actually the jab itself, so that might be where I've been wrong, although everything that I found online mentioned the AstraZeneca jab. It could be that, coincidentally, the people who've had issues that were reporting issues have had the AstraZeneca jab, but the problem is the jab... In my case, it went under the muscle. That's why I'm having problems. I was given some really strong painkillers, not shifting it. I've not taken the maximum dose, but I don't want to get used to taking the maximum dose. So clearly, unless I take the maximum dose, you know, the pills aren't going to shift the pain. So the alternative I was told was stick an ice pack on the arm for 10 minutes if it's hurting a lot. I've done that, uh, done that even a couple of times with a nice tray I bought from Poundland last week. And that didn't do much, to be honest. But look, uh, I'm pleased that at least the issue has been acknowledged by the GP. And uh, she actually told me that I was one of 20 people to report the same issue in a couple of weeks and that they've all been admitted for ultrasounds. They're all waiting now on ultrasounds and physios, and she says that she believes the issue is because everything is so new and because we're in a pandemic and they've had to train loads of staff that unfortunately there's been someone there at my health centre who's not been trained properly and has been jabbing under the muscle which is why a bunch of us are having this pain and uh, find ourselves with very limited movement of our vaccinated arms and um, she was dismayed by it really she also said because I said it's interesting because in the last year as well whenever I've had to have blood tests you know almost every blood test I've given has been painful which is not normally the case and there was one particular lady that I've reported on here every week uh, on the show, not every week, but a couple of times that she took blood from me and uh, messed up and it was very painful and did the same to my aunt and did the same to a friend and quickly had a reputation, quickly built a reputation up for not doing blood tests very well. And uh, I think she's in, um, might be room four, but ideally, you want the nurse in room one, I think, I've got, if I've got my numbers right. She was one of those who'd also been trained up. And uh, this GP was saying that perhaps it's because she's middle-aged, but she does believe that the theory behind vaccines and blood tests has changed. And she says that when she was trained, when it came to blood tests, it was a case of you don't look for the vein you feel the arm for the vein. So there may not be a vein that you can see, but if you can feel it, 
That's the vein you take the blood from. It might even be a vein in the hand. But she says what you get nowadays, the new generation of whatever they are, nurses taking uh, blood tests, they're, right away they're looking for the vein, so they'll see one in the bend of your arm. That's the one they usually go for because they can see it. She says that's wrong. It's not about the visual, it's about feeling. And uh, that's why she says more and more people are complaining about uncomfortable blood tests. One night last week, as... Um, well, I'm just moving on there. Really needed to segue there. I'm just going to move on. One night last week, as I was finishing brushing my teeth, I could hear the downstairs neighbour having an intimate soak in whatever fancy bath they have. They were with their partner. They are well-moneyed. I mean, they get deliveries all the time. They're just over half my age. Not, you know, half my age, but not difficult to out-earn a writer these days. So I can't read too much into that. Now, if I'd been malicious as I finished off my ablutions by urinating, rather than hitting the sides of the bowl to minimize stream audio, I'd have just emulated the kid who's probably got the most powerful stream I've ever come across when it comes to urinating. I'd have emulated the kid and powered a turbo stream into the middle of the bowl just to mar their evening. I've never heard anyone urinate like the kid. I thought, do I do that? I thought, no, I can't do that. It's going to mar the intimate audio beneath me. Sounded like they might have had a few candles lit down there as well. And at that stage, you're living with each other. Very few bathroom secrets. The relationship would probably survive a neighbor's turbo stream. But I didn't want them to get that insight into me. Or I didn't want to risk hearing them laugh if I'd gone for a turbo, you know. Now, I'm wondering whether it would work both ways. I am wondering if it would work both ways. Would they have done what I did or would they have just had no regard for any intimate stuff going on below their bathroom? Layouts in buildings, though, it got me thinking. Layouts in buildings need to change. In blocks of flats, don't build one bathroom on top of another bathroom and so on. You know, vary the layouts on each floor. Have, say, part of a kitchen in one flat lying over the bathroom in the flat below. Don't have a bathroom above a bedroom. That's, you know, that's not going to work. Someone's making love in the flat below. Next thing they're getting put off their stroke because someone's flushing a loo several times. That's no good. I think architecturally and in terms of preserving the magic of a relationship, I'm onto something here. I've given it some thought and uh, I don't think I'm wrong about this. It was, um, it was an uncomfortable and yeah, it was uncomfortable. It was an uncomfortable moment for me. Their intimate audio was traveling up through my poorly insulated bathroom. I've got the space daddy coming over midweek. You know, I feel so isolated and lonely right now. And I think the space daddy's on. Well, I know he's on his own. I don't know if he feels as isolated as I am, but as, uncom as uncomfortable as I am having people around here for many reasons, I just think... Uh, probably do me some good to have some company and I've invited him over for Wednesday to watch the Liverpool-Milan game. I have no idea whether it's in Italy or in Liverpool and no doubt on Wednesday I'll be slight, well not anxious because I can't feel anxiety on these pills but it'll be preying on my mind no doubt. I bought some more floor wipes to clean up after he's gone in case his um, shoe to anti-chamber placement on coming into the flat isn't 
as sharp as it should be. We'll see. Hopefully it'll be a nice, uh, nice evening. Books, I've been reading like a demon this week. You know, I can't really, um, even when I'm watching football, it's just really in the background. I feel, look, I'm paying for paying for a TV license. I'm paying for the football. I may as well watch this stuff, but I'm not really watching. It's just, uh, it stops me from feeling lonelier than I feel. I just have it on in the background. But the only thing that can hold my attention are books, and I've really been reading an awful lot this week. The last sequel to Bram Stoker's Count that I was telling you about last week, I'm more than halfway into that. It's, uh, I would say it's brilliant. There's just one aspect of the story I'm not particularly keen on at the moment, but I think once it's revealed how the characters got there, because it's set in multiple timelines and it's the present day one that I don't particularly like, but maybe once I read how the characters got there, well, not present day, it's set in the 19th century, but once I work out or know how the characters got there, then maybe I'll appreciate it a bit more. But the rest of it is outstanding. It started off really slow, but I've not been able to put it down at the weekend. Then for my buses, I've been reading At Night All Blood is Black by David Diop, a novella. It's okay, not quite my cup of tea, slightly apocalypse now. International 2021 Booker Prize winner. I didn't know that. Normally I do avoid the big commercial winning titles. I mean, for me, reading these kind of books, it's simply like uh, downloading the podcast that everyone's telling you you should be listening to you know, the big shows and just disregarding the smaller shows. That's what I feel when I'm reading Booker Prize winners. And uh, if I'd known that, I'd have probably waited a few years before going anywhere near it. But it's a novella. I've almost finished it. It's okay. Not really my kind of thing. The blurb for At Night All Blood is Black. If you heard the wheeze in there, that's Always happens when I spray myself with insect repellent. I leave the flat just tasting that stuff. It's absolutely horrible. Okay, the outline for this book. This slight book is an extraordinarily powerful exploration of what happens to the souls of men sent to kill and be killed. Oh, this is various reviews, I think. Let me just... um yeah, that's a review from Sarah Waters. Okay. Alpha and Madame are two of the many Senegalese soldiers fighting in the Great War. Together they climb dutifully out of their trenches to attack France's German enemies whenever the whistle blows until Madame is wounded and dies in a shell hole with his belly torn open. I've told you in the past that sometimes I'm reading a book and I kind of miss basic information. I've just done it there because I thought it was set in the Second World War. Apparently, it's the Great War. So I've got that wrong right away. Together, they climb dutifully out of their trenches to attack France's German enemies whenever the whistle blows until Mademba is wounded and dies in a shell hole with his belly torn open. Without his more than brother, Alpha is alone and lost amidst the savagery of the conflict. He devotes himself to the war to violence and death, but soon begins to frighten even his own comrades in arms. How far will Alpha go to make amends to his dead friend? At night, all blood is black, is a hypnotic, heartbreaking rendering of a mind hurtling towards madness. I'm keen to finish it. It's okay. It's okay, but uh, one of those books where, you know, I, I just want to finish it, really. And lastly, as I only have it until Wednesday and it can't be renewed, I'm reading Toshikazu Kawaguchi's Before the Coffee Gets Cold. I think this is the second book in a series. I think the series at the moment is two. 
and got it out simply for homework to see if I needed to worry about similarities to one of my projects, but I've got no worries on that score. This is an intriguing book. Um, I think the series is called Tales from the Cafe, and um, this one, I'm not sure if I've got the blurb here for the first one or the second one, but basically this cafe is a time-traveling cafe, but there are various rules before you can travel back in time. You can actually travel into the future, but because of the very complicated rules, very few customers choose to travel into the future. And uh, let me... Yeah, this, this is the blurb for my one, so I'm reading the second book. In this book, we will be introduced to the man who goes back to see his best friend who died 22 years ago, the son who was unable to attend his own mother's funeral, the man who travelled to see the girl he could not marry, the old detective who never gave his wife that gift. Uh, the reviews, this beautiful, simple tale tells the story of people who must face up to their past in order to move on with their lives. Kawaguchi once again invites the reader to ask themselves, what would you change if you could travel back in time? Pretty much everything, I think. I'd be happy to keep the centre partings that I had in the mid-90s up until the early noughties. I wouldn't change that. All the curtains of uh, 1990. Right, I've got to read you the rules for this book, though, for the time travelling, because they're not that straightforward. So I just basically took a couple of pictures of the pages in question. Right, so... The first rule, the only people who you can meet while in the past are those who have visited the cafe. No accent on the E there in the cafe. If the person you want to meet has never visited the cafe, you can return to the past, but you cannot meet them. In other words, if visitors come from far and wide across Japan, it's a Japanese book, it would turn out to be a wasted journey for practically all of them. Right. The second rule, there is nothing you can do while in the past that will change the present. Here in this one is a real letdown for most people and normally they leave in disappointment. This is because most customers who want to return to the past are wishing to fix past deeds. Very few customers still want to travel back after they realize they can't change reality. The third rule, there is only one seat that allows you to go back in time. This is really clever actually but another customer is sitting on it. The only time you can sit there is when the customer goes to the toilet. The customer always goes once a day. That's a strong bladder, but no one can predict when that will be. And the reason no one can predict when that will be is because the customer who sits in that chair is actually a ghost. It does reveal in the book how they died. I think they also traveled back in time, but they got something wrong, which is... They got the fifth rule wrong, which I'm going to come to in a moment. The fifth rule is really, really good. Very clever. The fourth rule, while in the past, you cannot move from your seat. If you do, you will be pulled back to the present by force. That means that while you are in the past, there is no way to leave the cafe. The fifth rule, your stay in the past begins when the coffee is poured and must end before the coffee gets cold. Moreover, the coffee cannot be poured by just anybody. It must be poured by Kazu Tokita one of those, um, one of the uh, staff. My latte nursing skills, you know, my ability to drag out a coffee for an hour would be seriously tested by that uh, fifth rule. But it's a, it's a quirky book. I'm halfway through. It should be finished in time by Wednesday. It's another little novella. If I find the first book, I'll, I'll read it. It's not, you know, I'm not thrilled by it, but, uh, 
It's it's okay. It's a it's a clever idea. Okay, so that's my books for this week. Missed out on an Adobe Audition offer this week, which I'm really frustrated about. Well, actually, the offer was a couple of months ago, but uh, my cash flow wasn't good, but I really should have struck while that offer was out there. The weird thing is an Adobe Audition is for editing, audio editing, and uh, I'm just tired of using Audacity. It's... Um, so limited and I think I'm so far behind with when shorts were short work that I need to relearn Adobe auditions in the hope that it will speed up that work. The thing with uh, Adobe auditions, I don't understand. It's so much cheaper in dollars than pounds and I've contacted them tonight to find out why. Problem is, of course, these days it's very hard to buy any software outright tends to be subscription only which is a, an absolute ripoff and audacity just takes so long to use it's so limited as i say that i just need something that's going to speed up the editing process i need to get adobe auditions i need to relearn it i think it was called cool cool edit pro when i was first using it or something else in the mid noughties and what i can't get my head around it's 20 dollars a month but in pounds, if you go to the UK site, it's 20 pounds a month. That makes no sense. Now, you know that I'm bad with numbers, but unless I've got this wrong, it means it's more expensive for UK users. So if it's $20 a month, I would be paying 15 pounds a month. If I buy from the UK site, I'm paying 20 pounds a month. You know, forget that the work's not making enough for me to be buying this, subscribing to this. I just I don't understand why UK users are penalised. I'm hoping that they can, uh, they can even. I'm hoping that they can come back to me. I think uh, I'm going to need a few subscriptions to When Shorts Were Short before I'm in a position to even worry about getting it. But it's, it, is, it is frustrating. A couple of catnap dreams to report I was uh, this first one was on Saturday I was cleaning a kitchen not one I recognize though I, I I did recognize the flooring but I'm not sure how I would describe the flooring and I think as I was mopping the floor I must have been using fairy liquid because it was all green green viscous substance on the floor I wasn't mopping it properly then I found myself in my local park and a white guy and a black guy both middle-aged unknown to me I know they say in dreams that whoever you dream about is someone that you at very you know at the very least have seen but I don't recall ever seeing these guys anywhere they were in the park pushing what looked like a rubbish cart but was actually offering two lots of services slush puppies and bike cleaning the white guy had an open shirt on from out of which hung a big hairless pink belly. And then I found myself back in this weird flat, continuing to clean the kitchen on my own. A very rough kitchen lino. The lino wasn't flat. There were puddles of water collecting as I attempted to mop the place. And then from out in the hallway, I could hear my ex on her way. I heard her cough and all of a sudden I thought, oh man. You know, I, I, I don't need this. Emotionally, I don't need this. This is going to hurt. Thankfully, I woke up, but uh, like with most of my catnap dreams, it did uh, unsettle me. It really did. The thing is, with these catnaps, I sleep a lot better than I do at night. That's the frustrating thing. And I don't really dream at night. 
I just wish I could sleep at night the way I do with the catnaps, but without the dreams. Sunday, there was another catnap, and this is the, you know, the problem for me is uh, if I down tools, I have no energy. My body just gives up on me. I was with my mum in this dream. I can't recall where we were, but I was as I am now at this stage of my life. I'm not sure how she was, whether she was at the stage of her life that she would be at if she was still around now or if she was at the stage of her life that she was at when she passed away. I I don't know if she was a ghost again in this dream. I, I just don't know, but it was definitely my mum. And I found myself breaking down and weeping and telling her how unhappy I was and how I just wanted to get up and leave everything behind, get away from everything except the cafe. And I asked her as well whether she would come with me. And it was another of those dreams that I was happy to try and put behind me when I woke up. My mind doesn't do me any favors when I'm napping, but I felt it was something of a gateway dream. You know, I, I felt in a way that this was me admitting to the person I've been closest to in my entire life, what I'd basically made of my life since I lost her, what I feel deep down, the pain that I'm feeling deep down, the sadness that I'm feeling. I felt it was a milestone dream. Like if I dream of her again, which I will, of course, like we've now had this dream conversation. She knows I'm in trouble. She knows I'm sad. She knows how I'm feeling doesn't take a brain surgeon to work out why I was having that dream you know I'm an I'm I'm unhappy I don't want to be here I'm not enjoying my life I need to be gone somewhere no phone creative work paying for itself regular haircuts a, a better stock of summer socks some new vests a new microwave maybe attainable I don't know I really don't know Episode 347, Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available. Let me get rid of this coaster that keeps sticking to my wrist. Absolutely annoying that. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at 1607WestEgg. Facebook.com forward slash the RT available. Find all my work at DanielRuizTyson.com. There's the Patreon page that keeps this show alive. Sign up at Patreon.com forward slash the RT available. A couple of subscriptions for when shorts were short now both through the regular patron, that's the DRT available one, and the shorts were short one. Thank you, guys, who are supporting this work. That is uh, that is the reason that this show keeps returning, so that is uh, appreciated, as always. A quick hygiene, uh, hygiene even, fail to report. Atlantic Road, SW9, 10, 42 hours this morning, a woman emerging from a property white woman slightly hippie-ish early 80s lambeth hippie kind of look barefoot barefoot even walk into a post box i, I can still taste this insect uh, insect repellent if i can get my words out i can still taste it in my throat okay let me tell you again who this woman was she was a white woman slightly hippie-ish early 80s lambeth hippie kind of look walking barefoot to a post box some 200 metres away to post a letter in Lambeth, some of the dirtiest streets in London. Dog muck, bird muck, all kinds of muck. You can't post a letter in your shoes. Has someone told you that you can only post this letter barefoot? 
I would have walked her back to her flat and said to her, don't be silly, wash your feet, start again. Until you put some shoes on, you're not posting that letter. What are you trying to prove? Absolute madness. 1937 hours now. As we move into the second half of the show, a couple of brief visits to my aunt and uncles last week. Last Tuesday evening, they both decided that all the old coins they'd stashed away over the decades were the way forward, that I would have the time to sell these coins online for them in addition to all the tail chasing I'm doing. They both justifiably, I think, go on about the digital age turning people into morons, which I agree with. But the thing is, when I'm there, I'm constantly having to go on my phone to do stuff to help them out. And last week, the latest thing was, as they become more and more aware of what you can do online, the latest thing was, oh, let's see if we can sell our coins. That might bring in some extra cash. And they brought out these um, Silver Jubilee coins, Royal Wedding Wedding coins from 81. The, The thing is, there are so many people about who had these coins and still have these coins. There's too many of them about in circulation. You're not going to get much money for these. And they brought out uh, a book as well of stamps. My mum used to collect stamps. She's got some really old stamps. And uh, twice, I think, over the last few years, I've had the same idea. I've gone on eBay and within the hour, I've realized, no, these stamps, even though some of them have Uh, 50 or 60 years old there are still too many of these same stamps about you're not going to get much money it's not worth the hassle towards the end of my evening there my uncle uh, I I was basically showing my aunt that she wasn't going to get much for the 77 silver jubilee coins she wasn't going to get much for the 81 royal wedding coins my uncle came down with his own set of coins my aunt was was a bit puzzled. She wasn't impressed because she'd never never seen these coins before. And being the type of person that she is, the conclusion she immediately arrived at was that my uncle had been hiding these coins from her, that he saw them as a, a lucrative potential nest egg should he outlive her. And as he was taking these coins, struggling to take them out of this wallet, they were, I think, some... Spanish Pesetas from 1980 in this uh, presentation wallet and he was struggling with his big hands to take them out. I needed to be making my way home. I had stuff to do, but I was having to wait for him to to take these coins out and it kicked off between them as my aunt demanded to know where he'd uh, been keeping these coins that she'd never seen before. She claimed the other day as well that my uncle one morning last week had leaned over in bed leaned over her thinking that she had expired. He denied this, but she said he'd leaned right over her to see if she was still breathing. And uh, apparently he wasn't sure whether she was. Just hold a mirror next to her lips next time. I advise, let me give you uh, my nectar points as that anecdote tails off. Okay, um, opening balance of 261. And uh, today bought some mixed beans, a tin of mixed beans, some semi-skimmed milk. Couldn't find any long-life milk in Sainsbury's. Started buying some fresh milk as, uh, you know, the autumn. Well, we are in autumn now, I guess. Not officially, but the autumn is pretty much here. So uh, the milk's not going to be 
spoiling. I've got so much ice has built up in the uh, fridge, not the freezer, in the fridge. I tried hammering away at it on Saturday and it's going to take a lot more hammering before I can get rid of it. Uh, bought some blueberries again. Don't buy the blueberries from Little anymore because they just go off. Bought some uh, more Halls sugar-free lozenges. Pay the extra 6p in Sainsbury's, not going into Superdrug just to save 6p on the Halls lozenges. Bought a couple of um, fair trade bananas. They came to 20p. Four single oranges, £1.20. Every, everything uh, came to £5.52. Earned five nectar points, new points balance of uh, 266, worth £1.33. Moving on to Star Wars football. It's It's been a, a really, uh, the league is now, Silver Age Season 6 is now at the halfway stage. I'm going to give you the rest of the results from uh, League Week 7. Actually, I'm going to give you all the results from League Week 7. There's been quite a few games this last week. And of course, League Week 7 and the finals, uh, final fixtures, which will be League Week 14, they are all, and this was done on a computer, the computer threw up derbies for all uh, the for all the games of week seven, which in turn will be the final day of the season. And uh, it's a low-scoring season in the league. The move from seven aside to eight aside has impacted on every team. Halfway stage of the league now, and only thirty-eight goals have been scored in twenty-eight games. That is, um, I'm sure it will be higher next season as the teams adapt. But there is. So little space. Also, the carpet, the ball just doesn't run. I've noticed that at times the teams, one or two teams, are going quite direct with their football because the ball simply doesn't run properly on the carpet. I really would like to get some of that uh, AstroTurf that uh, grocers use, you know, that, that green turf. You can get it in different lengths. I think that's something I need to explore. Not a priority, of course, but right now, I'm finding it very difficult to play these games on that carpet. I'd gotten used to it, and now all of a sudden, the last few weeks, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's down to the, the temperature. I don't know, but I'm finding the games quite difficult to play because the ball just doesn't run well on that uh, carpet. But Derby Week, very exciting. Sky Sports would have had an orgasm if their halfway stage and final day calendar featured as many derbies as Silver Age Season 6. Let me give you the results. So... Aldron were at home to neighbours last week. Aldron won by Goltonil, started off slow. X-Wing dominating the first 10 minutes. A goal from Skipper Hamhead, a brilliant finish in off the post on 17 minutes. Got all three points for Aldron. They move up to third in the table temporarily. Bespin beat Death Star in the Cloud City derby, the oldest fixture in Star Wars football. That was Bosk with his eighth of the season, again on 17 minutes. Uh, that's Death Star's first defeat of the season. And uh, Hoth and Empire was goalless, meaning Hoth, who were second favourites for the league this season, they go into the uh, they go into the halfway stage of the league, bottom of the table with just five points. Empire are struggling for form. And uh, Tatooine beat Rebels by two goals to nil. But Rebels are promising performance, clearly on the up. But Tatooine now two wins on the trot for the defending league champions. The table now for uh, week seven. Exciting. Are you excited? I think I'm excited. All the sides have played seven games. I'll give you their positions, points and goal difference. Bespin at the top, 
with 13 points plus 4 goal difference. They were top as well in Silver Age Season 3, but had 15 points at the time. This is a slightly different Besman side, a bit more defensive. Empire in second place, 10 points plus 1 goal difference. Tatooine in third place now, 9 points plus 1 goal difference. If they win the title this season, if they retain it, it's likely going to be with an even lower points total than last year's 26 or 27, whatever it was. I think in Silver Age season four, they won with 27 points. Last season, it was 26. When Bespin won in uh, Silver Age three, they won with 31 points. I'm not sure anyone's going to match that now because it's become such a competitive league. Alderaan are in fourth, also on nine points, goal difference of plus one, but they're fourth because they've scored less goals than Tatooine. Death Star slept to fifth on eight points, a goal difference of zero. They've only scored two goals and only conceded two, but clearly goals are a problem for them. X-Wing, no wins, six draws, one defeat. Uh, Their goal difference is minus one. They're on six points and in sixth place. Hoth, actually, I got that wrong. And I actually had to scribble this out when I wrote up the table on Saturday. So I've made the same mistake. Hoth are actually 7th rather than 8th. They're on 6 points, minus 2. Rebels have slipped back to bottom because they're on 6 points, but with a goal difference of minus 4. Meantime, League Cup quarterfinals, second leg. X-Wing 4, Moncala 1. X-Wing were 2-0 up from the first leg. Uh, Kylo Ren came on as a sub at halftime, got a hat-trick, now 7 goals for the season. So X-Wing move into the semi-finals again. They've got a terrific League Cup record in the Silver Age. Bespin reached their first domestic cup semi-finals in a couple of seasons. They beat Empire 2-1 at Cloud City. They were one up from the first leg, a fine away win at Empire. Two more goals from Boss to take his tally to the season for 10. He's now got 58 goals in less than five seasons. A phenomenal total back on form after last season's miserable, uh, miserable time where he only got five goals. It was... Uh, a freak goal that got Empire a late goal. And you could see Bezbin were really knocked at uh, losing their clean sheet. Uh, Tatooine 7, Hosnian Prime 1, Hosnian Prime 2nd Division side. They lose 11-1 on aggregate. Uh, the kind of game that really doesn't do a, a competition any favours. Uh, tonight, if it goes ahead, it's Rebels at home to Hoth. They meet in the League Cup for the third consecutive season. I'll bring you that result next week. Let's finish off with a trip to the cafe. All of last week, I was uh, I was arriving too late to nab not mix single table, but uh, got used to working from a four-seater was enjoying it. Some days were better than others. I'm not completely focused. Uh, I think uh, I'm a bit skittish, I think, at the moment. I suppose maybe um, it might be a worry that a single customer can occupy two tables and not have to give it up when they're in the cafe for, for two hours. The cafe is reasonably busy, but not so busy that... I am able to pull off a two-hour stint at a four-seater, even through lunchtime. And uh, Seb K did tell me this morning that they were very busy at the weekend, says he prefers being busy. They're thinking about what's going to happen if there's a fire break. Uh, Last Wednesday, Wednesday lunchtime, loud uncovered sneezing in the women's lose, and the spray could be heard from outside the swing saloon doors. You just think how, you know... Really, that shouldn't be happening now, not in the pandemic era. It's not about you sneezing and 
feeling satisfaction from that sneeze and just spraying everywhere. Contain that sneeze. You probably heard that. What is that? Why why do these updates keep happening? I won't be able to find that in the show. I'm uh, just going to plough on, you know, get this done. Last Friday, the 10th, Notmick was sat at his single-seater with his friend with a woman's voice, the one whom I alerted uh, back in the summer when he dropped a £20 note outside when uh, we were alfresco. Alfresco, I think. I, for some reason, I keep saying alfresco the French way. Uh, late owner's son, meantime, was yawning. The 3 a.m. Billingsgate fish market trips do take a, a clear toll on him. He brought over my latte. wasn't filled to the top. I was wondering if that was uh, deliberate on his part, perhaps trying to cut into my latte nursing times. A half hour or so after my arrival in the cafe, man with woman's voice jumped onto another table with man who asks big favour. Shortly, I'll be bringing that tale to you and this led to not make masking up once man with woman's voice left his table to go and sit at another table and as not make masked up i thought what is the point of that you're inside you've been chatting to your friend unmasked you're staying in here you either mask up from the start or you don't mask up What are you not going to catch in the second half of your visit today that you haven't already caught in your first? Meanwhile, as he sat with man who asks big favour, man with woman's voice was holding court. I'm reading this book, right? It talks about how there are two sorts of breathers, mouth breathers and nose breathers. Meantime, it's the same playlist every day in the cafe. I almost know it off by heart. Obviously, I'm I'm here in the same playlist because I'm going in at the same time, roughly between 11 and 11.30 hours. And uh, I can't remember when this was. This was the day I'm telling you about. Daniel Bedenfield, If You're Not The One, which is a super cheesy song, really, but vocally, the arrangement and, and the vocals themselves, to be fair, are brilliant. I, I stand by that. It's a brilliantly sung tune, but it's just a cheesy tune. And the song was playing and someone was humming along to it flatly. For three or four minutes, several of us were hearing the same thing, one of the world's worst harmonies. And I, I'm pretty sure it was not Mick under his mask who was uh, humming uh, humming away. It had been raining that day. I'd forgotten my jumper, which I'd put out by my bag. I'd forgotten my shopping bags. I was just in a T-shirt. I got caught up. No, this is actually Friday. Uh, yeah, I'm getting confused. This was Friday. On Friday, I'd forgotten my jumper. I'd put it out by my bag, but I'd forgotten it. I'd forgotten the shopping bags. I realised right away when I was outside and I just thought, you know, I'm not going back into the flat, taking my shoes off and starting again. Just don't don't worry about this. Don't stress about this. I'd stopped off at my aunt's for a coffee before heading to the cafe and um, told her what had happened because I'd, I'd turned up there slightly soaked and I told her as well that I'd... Um, forgotten my shopping bags she grabbed me a couple of shopping bags took about 20 minutes to fold them perfectly into tiny squares i said there it's going to take me forever to unfold those back in the cafe uh when i got to the cafe 
the elderly Portuguese woman arrived with either her son or son-in-law. I don't know who he is. He's, he's quite swarthy. Gurns a lot. think he's uh, lost uh, a few teeth over the years. Likes a pastry. Gurns his way through a pastry. If I was an agent looking to get into the world of competitive gurning, I think he'd be my first client. I'd, I'd start with him and I'm confident that I could do something with him. I haven't seen gurning like that in years. And he looks too young to be gurning like that. He's almost like... Um, if you're my age, you'll remember Action Man. I don't think it applies to Action Man. But do you remember remember the alternative to Action Man? I think it was Johnny Strong, this male doll with a, and you, you could squash his face in. That's what this guy's face is like when when he gurns. Meantime, my reading glasses continue. I think to see me mistaken for being aloof in the cafe because I can't actually see anything in them except what I'm reading. So someone might walk past me, my, my, my field of vision, but I can't actually see, see who they are. And I think I've noticed a couple of times someone has, I see a blur, someone's gestured to me, but it looks like I'm ignoring them because I can't really see properly out of the glasses. So we come to um, today, the favour, probably the one thing that nailed my flat mood and uh, the guy who I mentioned at the start of the show back in 2015 after a couple of uh, conversations, nice enough guy, but asked me if I wanted to go halves with him on a, uh, on a mortgage, just jumped on my table. Well, jumped on my four-seater table, so he was sat. We were you know, facing each other diagonally. He was sat on the outside of the second table. And, uh, you know, I'm very precious about my time in the cafe. That's my time. If I want to meet someone in there, I'll arrange to meet someone in there. But, you know, when I'm in there, I want to work and I need that time to work. And it's my time where I can shut everything out. But he just jumped on the table and I thought, well, you know, I'm not in a position where I can buy this guy a coffee. And I don't really want him buying me a coffee because then I'm going to feel like I have to buy him a coffee. And he clearly looks like he's struggling the mask that he was wearing, the, the mask alone looked like it was, you know, it looked like it was carrying its own pandemic. And um, he, he did say something interesting because, you know, I was polite and we got talking and, uh, you know, I was telling him how it affects me, the place, the cafe being closed on a Tuesday. He says it's the same for him. He really does struggle. He's been in the area for 35 years and he says he's just lost on a Tuesday without the cafe. He did say something that I agree with, actually, because I've been going to a alternative cafe on South Lambeth Road on the Tuesday where the Beard saw me last week. And uh, I'd actually said to him during the week, I felt like you'd seen me with another woman. And he said, hey, it's OK. Um, I was just picking my kids up from the school. I thought I'd stop off there for a, for a beer. Uh, uh, you know, we're closed on Tuesdays. Don't worry about it. But um, I don't enjoy the cafe, but it's, uh, you know, at the moment, it's the best alternative I've found. But he said something, uh, over familiar said something really interesting. He said, you need to go to another area on a Tuesday. Otherwise, you're not going to enjoy the coffee because you're in the same area. You're in SW8 and your cafe is just a minute away, but you're not in the cafe. And sometimes you might be seeing the same faces, but you're not in the same surroundings. So he said, just get a bus, go somewhere near the river. Which makes sense, but it's also, you know, I, I just don't like those high street 
cafes. I've had one or two friends that I haven't seen for years who've been sending me links. They know I'm fussy with coffee. They start sending me links and, you know, it'll be a link to some artisan cafe. Uh, you know, you, you, you visit these websites and they're telling you how they get their coffee, how they source it. I'm not interested in all of that. I just want a coffee. That's it. Don't send me links like that because those people who are telling you how they source their coffee and the long drawn out process, they're just going to charge you the earth for their coffee. Don't send me stuff like that because I'm not going to go to those places. I'm not interested in some artisan cafe. You know, I'm interested in my cafe. I'm interested in having coffee with the kind of people for whom that is a way of life. It's not some sort of post 90s friends fashion thing where you pay three pounds for something i'm not interested in in that anyway over familiar asked me for this favor which i can't really turn down but i am going to say to him when i see him on wednesday that i'm trusting him on this you know i'm going to look him in the eye and i'm going to say that i'm trusting you on this but the kind of details that he needs i am looking into maybe getting a second phone number just getting another sim card one that people can call me on not one that I will call on or context on or do anything with. But, uh, you know, that will depend on whether I have to pay for that second SIM card. So I've contacted Riff Raff to find out because I, I have a feeling this guy's going to ask me for my mobile number as well. And I don't want to give him my mobile. I might have to do what the Space Daddy does. He has a second number to give to people he, who, who he really doesn't want having his number. So I'm exploring that. I'm waiting for um, Riff Raff to come back to me on that. It's just, um, I'm hoping it's a genuine request. I'm, I don't know why I'm worrying about that. Maybe I should worry about that. I, I don't know. But it's such a long-term thing that he will, he will be able to do as a result of me helping him. I, I'm kind of worried that that will somehow tie us down. It, it worries me that he's going to think that he can now keep jumping on my table. Also shook my hand a couple of times. I really, that was my mistake. I should have just been hard and bumped fists with him. But he took my hand twice, very clammy hand at his end. Automatically, I know not to rub my eyes or anything and I wash my hands, made sure he'd gone before I wash my hands. There's not much hand wash in the uh, cafe lose but I did wash my hands right away. But the problem I have now is that he's going to think the handshake's okay all the time now. And also Argentina 78 likes a handshake. So far, I've not given him my hand and he hasn't tried for the hand. But if he sees um, sees Mr. Favor, Mr. Wants a Favor shaking my hand, the old school handshake, then Argentina 78 might want some of that action. So uh, I'm a little concerned about that. I think what I'm going to do from now is just take the single tables, plonk my bag and a jacket so it looks like a big deal if he was to try and sit down at a single table. I, I do think he's simply the kind of guy who will jump on at the next table and just still talk to me and disturb me. I had so much paperwork out today. Uh, you could see I was busy. But, you know, to be fair to him as well, same position as I am. That's my only exchange of the day. That's probably his only exchange of the day. This is where some people are in their lives. But let's have those exchanges, but without asking for those kind of favours. That would make me a bit happier. In other final cafe news uh, today, the appearance of a male pensioner, rather striking one, 
around lunchtime, late 60s, early 70s, perhaps. He was wearing, I cannot tell you how badly fitted it was. He was wearing a badly fitted red wig that made for a very strange neckline. He was with a Japanese woman who was middle-aged, about 20 years younger than him. They brought their drinks in after saying the breeze outside had apparently triggered a waves, uh, wave of wasps. He followed that up with some kind of, uh, followed that up even with a, a gag about batting the bees away, the wasps away, like Rafa Nadal, which fell rather flat. I heard that. I thought I'll retell that on the podcast, see how the audience reacts. And that is it. That is the end of today's show, 2001 Hours. It is time for you to get those shoulders back. Keep on walking towards the sun. Keep washing those hands. Keep ventilating too. I'm Daniel Ruiz-Tyson. And this start of the week, while I have been flat, I have also, as always, been available. <laughs>